Hello and welcome to another episode of Taboo Taboo Podcast. I am your host, Drew from the Future. If you loved last week's episode, you are going to go nuts over this week's episode. We're continuing this conversation with Ava X Machina. This week we get to explore some really interesting stuff. She went on this date with this guy from OkCupid and oh my god did it take a twisted turn. Uh, you definitely have to hear that story. She also developed an electronic lock for that cage under her bed so that she can leave a boy in there and then unlock him remotely from work or something like that. Oh my god, it's it's a great episode. I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of uh, intro stuff, so what I'll just say is shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Whatever platform you're listening to this on, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, give us a thumbs up, give us a rating. That's the best way you can support us, and that's the best way to ensure that we can continue making these episodes. So, without further ado, here's uh, the continuation of our interview with Ava Ex Machina. I think you touched on this earlier, and it rings true for me, especially uh, the kink scene, especially when you're becoming more intimate with a partner, Mm -hmm. it becomes very therapeutic. Yeah, it, it, it's a way to work out a lot of, a lot of things. Um, but I also go to talk therapy. I mean, I regularly oh, go too. to talk. I I love it. It's wonderful. I I, I noticed a direct therapy. correlation between the improvement in, in all facets of my life and talk therapy. Yeah, but yeah, I, I agree, and I think that that's. Um, I actually pay out of pocket because I go to a, oh, a kink friendly therapist. Oh, me too. But yeah, my insurance covers it. Oh, yeah, lucky me! Huh? Lucky you. <laughs> well, anyway, I love my therapist, but uh, the 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 great thing about it is that that when you're going through this process of getting to know somebody, that like process of negotiation, like again, where people like list things, sometimes mm-hmm. I think it misses the point a little bit, and this is just my own personal perspective in kink. Um, mm-hmm. That I find it's also very very helpful for people to talk about like vulnerabilities and um you know like when i'm negotiating with you i should also say like as i would say if is do you have bad knees do you have like yeah. a place that physically is is a little bit more injurious to you or like you know you have a sh- shoulder problem i can't tie you up a certain way because the mobility is limited i'm also should be asking that about your mental health and yeah. your personal history are there names i shouldn't call you right. are there um experiences or even just like stigma is it some people don't like things being in around their mouth um, and it may not even have anything to do with like sexual trauma, but like I had a, a friend who had like a really painful, horrible dental abscess and just like mm. the stress of dealing with it, like anything in his mouth, oh, wow. like reminded him of being like in the dental chair with like all this stuff at a young age, like having not really sexy. horrible maxillofacial surgery. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to be con- conscious of the fact that like that can be, you know, and I love that people love to hate this word triggering. Yeah, no, for Triggering sure. Triggering is a real thing. I mean, it like... It pulls you out of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, that people forget. They think that that's... Uh, when people who say that they are triggered by something, that they are referring just to, you know, not liking it. Yeah. Or being offended. Or being offended yeah. by it. It's 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 a real thing with, like... You know, <clears throat> I don't think you also have to have PTSD, uh, which, you know, plenty of people have, have diagnosed PTSD and, and find that it's healthy for them to talk about it in their kink relationships. But also, like, people who don't realize that they have anxiety triggers. Mm. I have had more people in my presence have an anxiety attack hmm. over, like, sexual shame problems than than I have ever imagined I would be present for. <laughs> like, that, you know, not even doing anything. Like, we would just, like, get back to my apartment, and you know, maybe it's something I've been seeing for a while, and just, like, the minute it becomes real to them, 
it sets off this like cycle of something that maybe they haven't dealt with personally because they don't go to talk therapy or, or they started and it's just kind of not enough yet. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, they just have a full like hyperventilating crying, like got to get you some cold water and a blanket. Right. And then tell you to go home (laughs) (laughs) type of panic attack. And, and, you know, it just, uh, like what was the worst one? So I meet this dude on OKCupid. Maybe this is like why I've been too traumatized to go back. Where he's like, (laughs) yes, kinky, submissive, into pegging and humiliation. And, you know, I would like to explore more, um, you know, things like where underwear, uh, you know, certain kinds of frilly underwear. Some people really like, uh, the sort of like cross dress type mm. type of uh, mechanism. Makes Were you me... assigned uh, underwear to him, or or he brings it, or he would bring it. Okay. Um, well, I mean, like here's the thing: it's like we hadn't really done anything, but he would like wear it on a date and be very excited to show me, like okay. put his pants down a little bit, and I'd be like, oh, very nice. This pleases me. <laughs> um, so we go on this date, and we go to like this hilarious kind of like dive bar sort of looking thing that uh, they sell. They serve Jello shots and all oh, kinds geez. of. It's really it's cheesy and it's fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> and having a great time going back, and we're making out in his truck. Okay. And because I like want he's from Oakland, he drives a big white pickup truck and um, submissive, and drives a big white pickup truck. Huh? Oh yeah, and he's like wears like like flannel bearded like you know very very tropes of masculinity type of thing, <laughs> and um, he. Right, we're making it, we're not even doing anything, I think, like anything hot and heavy, I'm not really touching him Mm -hmm. much, and then he comes in his pants, Mm -hmm. starts hysterically crying, Wow! and says he's still in love with his ex-girlfriend, and kicks me out in the middle of, like, I don't know where in Coal Valley, my phone is dead, it is like 1am, Wow! and just speeds off into oblivion, and, you know, like, I was just like, I, (laughs) that was so not about me, I had to, like, convince a bus driver to, like, let me on the bus with no fare, Wow. And so you just realize that there's people who are walking around, like, with a lot of stuff that they, because they haven't, like, sat down with even a partner and, and learned about boundaries, that, like, how do I be a person who is out there dating in the world without fucking up other people? Because, mm-hmm. thank goodness, I'm a very, like, sturdy person, or that right. would be traumatizing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so they just, like, kind of have all of this trauma, and then they just drop it in your lap, like, ploop, there it goes. Yeah, so, I didn't hold deal this with this, you minute. deal with it, you deal with it, yeah. <laughs> Could you hang on to this for the evening? Thanks. Um, that was heavy, Woo. And so, but, like, like two months later, he uh, messages me again on OkCupid, like, practically, like, demanding that I peg him. What? I don't even know. And there's no fucking way you'd ever hang out with him again. No, right? I yeah. would never like. And then the, the, you, the worst part is that's like, a massive dick move. You yeah, can't come back from that. Exactly. Like you cannot. <laughs> it's, it's that the behavior is awful. Um, and then and then like the funniest part though is that then he also like matched with my roommate. No, oh, no. And she was like, "Hey, guy, I have this like date with this guy. Look how cute he is." And I'm like. And she's like, no, not another one. <laughs> not another one. Not another one. <laughs> oh uh, man. That, that happens a lot. My friends will be, um, because I do have friends that like, like kind of look it like we're the same type, mm-hmm. quote unquote. So, um, it doesn't, you know, it sticks out to me then that, that people would be interested in the same type of ladies, but that's happened a bunch of times where <laughs> like my friends will date somebody who's just dated them like vanilla. And then I have to like tell them a story about how mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, I trust him like a goose and spanked him until he, like, you know, cried. <laughs> and then they just, like, sigh. Uh, I guess I gotta delete him out of my phone now. No, I'm just kidding. Do you have a lot of vanilla friends? 
Just to break in here for a quick second, so vanilla is a common term that kinky people use to describe non-kinky people. All right, we'll get back to it. I do, I do. Um, Same. I, I, uh, I, I have a lot of kinky friends, thank God, but... Uh, I need more of those. Yeah, if yeah. These, the happy hours are good for that, and yeah. our parties are good for that, yeah. um, but like my vanilla friends, some of them are very... Um, amused by it yeah most you know? of mine are very amused by it yeah, yeah. and it's, it's fun to sometimes like be a little titillating and invite and be invite, the kinky person yeah <laughs> to invite people across pollinate like i'll never forget when um the most useful i ever felt was when we were hanging out with somebody and they were like talking about even though this is like not necessarily kinky butt stuff can be super vanilla mm-hmm. and we were just like took a detour out of, like, brunch to go to the drugstore so I could help them explain different kinds of lube to this person and, like, talk about fisting and, like, oh, my God. I was just, like, and they were just all standing around, like, it's our friend and she's useful. Like, she's a resource. Oh, I'm having a wonderful time now. Um, my, my favorite is when I have a vanilla friend and we're talking about stuff and we start talking about sex and he's, he's, he's like, I know you're kinky, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts talking about stuff he does and I was like, dude. You're kinky, too. I mean, if you're blindfolding and yes. tying up your girlfriend, you're kinky. Absolutely. <laughs> I think people think kink is like this thing that's out there and it's, you know, yeah. other, you have to be into the whole leather and whips. I, I have to have, you, like, like, a gimp in a box. Right, like, exactly. You know, that kind I of I think thing. you have, if you just have a blindfold, yeah. you're already kinky. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything, anything that's, that's playing either with, like, sense or sensory perception yep. that you're deliberately, like, act, having one person act upon another to yeah. elicit a reaction. Or even if it's just um, psychological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's, like, if you're acting upon them only verbally or, yeah. or in, a, in a, like, setting up a headspace kind of way. Yeah. And I think, you know, most people, and that's what I try to tell people, too, I'm like, I am, I am at the, the, you know, top half percentile Right. Of people who are into a wide variety of things and live their lifestyle that way. I would say most people, though, would be interested in or have been in some kind of kink. Absolutely, yeah. So it's super more normative than, than we think. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Like, you know, people people mock all the time that uh, the various directions that, like, Fifty Shades of Grey goes in. <laughs> and, 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 like, for sure... I, I wish to death that it like were a, a more like quote unquote accurate representation or that it represented like healthier yeah. consent yeah. culture. However, I do like the secondary signaling effect of its uh, proliferation as a sort of push I've even seen in the last couple of years of kink becoming more mainstream. Yeah. Let's just get over that it's this taboo thing yes. and most of us do it. Yes. And if, if the if the if the groundwork is like that a something like that is thrown out there and it's not immediately laughed out of the room. Right. Then I think, you know, we're, we're, we're gently pushing in the right direction. Ahead. Yeah. Durex did a study five years ago. turns out 38% of American adults are into some form of king. I would. Yeah. And I would yeah. say that like, yeah, of, of those people, it's even higher. I think it, I really, really liked that. Okay. Cupid had done of, of their many things that they mm-hmm. do. Um, or maybe, yeah, they did this. It was on identifying as like either like top bottom, mm-hmm. like sexual dominance, sexual submission. And I think it, it highlighted not only how common it is among this dating bracket that we're in, um, but also that there's a fundamental mismatch problem mathematically that I think yields a lot of secondary impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell I do statistics as like part of my day job? <laughs> um, so they, uh, they, they found that of men interested in sexual, or men who are currently dating, mm-hmm. who state that they're interested in sexual submission, about 30-ish percent. Of men? Yes. 
Holy shit, that's a lot higher. It's than a I lot thought. higher than I thought too, and it's actually unsurprising in weird ways. But of women who are interested in sexual dominance, <laughs> like nine percent, it's the that's smallest, even higher than I thought too. The smallest percent. I mean, and they put it in a way that didn't say, "Do you identify as a femdom?" Right, right. I think Any that form that of would domination, be yeah. that would be like half a percent of humans. Right, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like <laughs> yeah. anyway. Um, but of people who are like be interested in, in being like the, the sexually dominant partner, I think they they determine it through the doing the tying versus being tied up type yeah. of model, mm-hmm. which I think is is a good that is a good model, good yeah. good entry level there. Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, we even see that at parties. So like femdoms have a specific problem that there is like this, like larger amount of men willing to identify than there are of women. Um, I think more women would, if it weren't so stigmatized. Hmm. Um, and I try to do my part to like represent that and, and, you know, say that I come out to women a lot more than I come out to male friends because Hmm. I want them to know somebody and be curious because right. like yeah you do pull people in who would not otherwise be comfortable because they can't visualize right who is the person who goes to a femdom party yeah in your head you have this like you know the leather mistress um yep and not your you know f- friend who works in your same startup industry right yeah exactly who just like <laughs> hangs out with you at like other <laughs> other events um so for people yeah. listening explain how many uh Face piercings and tattoos you have. I have, I have no <laughs> facial piercings, no tattoos. Um, I have like no sort of alternative lifestyle uh, demeanor of any kind. I don't. Um, I wasn't cool enough to be a goth kid in high school. <laughs> uh, wasn't cool enough to be goth? Yeah. Is goth cool? Su- um, I mean, like, I think it sort of was in that subversive kind of, like, aesthetic. Mm. Like, they all have people to hang out with. They smoked behind the portables and all yeah. that. Um, so the... Uh, yeah, and I like I work in a super normal job. I am a big old like just regular math nerd. I have yeah. like a professional life that um, I, I don't. I've never been. I've never really had an issue with with thinking that I would be outed. Okay, um, and this is for a number of reasons. I actually have a rule that if I I don't play with anybody, I don't know their last name. Oh, okay, interesting. And that itself is like it's like a behavioral security thing. If you won't give me your last name, you're probably not a safe person. Right. And also, like, you should have mine. Yeah. Mutually assured destruction. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, if you then like you know murder me and leave me in a ditch, <laughs> there's a hot lead in my phone for the cops. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not just like you know what are the what is the you know master dragon cock or like whatever the fuck like scene names people want to. Oh. Wanna go with. Oh God. Right. You can call me Shadow. Oh, I know, right? So, and that's why. You know, people ask me when I take them to a party for the first time, they're like, oh, should I wear a mask? I'm like, no, we don't do masks, really. Yeah. Like, you, you've been in them. They're, they're, yeah. You almost rarely see a mask, and I think that that's good. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. I, I think it, at the very least, we should be out to each other. Yeah, yeah, so you have to be. how out are you amongst friends, family? No family knows. No family. No family knows. Um, I just don't have any... Although that kind of makes sense. You don't really talk to your family about sex. Yeah, like, I I don't think they would know, like, what kind of vanilla sex I would be having anyway. Right, So, no family knows. Um, Most of my friends who I see regularly are aware. Okay. And then I have some professional contacts who are aware, but they're not people I, like, work with directly. They're just in my industry or... Gotcha. You know, have, 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 also have crossover. Right. Um... Yeah, so so I think like even amongst my friends, you know, I tend to, I think at least cultivate the sense that that I would do the same for them. Mm. You know, whatever their 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 personal life would would yield, I would not. 
as mm. well, like out them to, to anybody else. So you try to like be mutually respectful of that. Um, I try as well. I, I know actually a lot more people who are out to their coworkers because maybe they work at like a larger company where it's mm. like nobody who you're working with is like responsible for your employment in any way. They're mm. not like reviewing you. They're not, they're not your boss. See, you know? I, I come at this at a very different angle. Yeah. I'm out to all of my friends, not my family. Cause I don't talk to sex. Yeah, I don't yeah. talk to them about sex. All my friends, a few coworkers, my boss. Like, That's funny. I'm out to all of these people. So for me, I have a hard time yeah. making sure that I keep in mind that not everybody's out and everybody can be out. Mm-hmm. And even if I go to, like, I would go to kink events, I also go to poly events. Yeah. And so I gotta remember, okay, don't talk about kink at poly events and stuff like that. Yeah, the poly crossover is huge. It's I mean, huge, like, right? they, they overlap so much, and I feel like I know more people who are sort of, like, out in poly. Like, there's, a, a I think, a big resurgence of people, especially in, in my industry, um, you know, being like, I am out in poly because I think right. that, like, this is an ethical way for me to date. I shouldn't have to, like, hide in the closet. Same. And I think that's great. Mm. And and I think there's a lot of really wonderful lessons in modeling, you know, certain kind of communication behaviors that are, are really excellent that come from, from the poly community. Yep. So exploration of that. But I think it's the same thing with the kink community. Yeah. Both require lots of extra communication. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of asking first. Um, and, yeah. you know, that's the that becomes... Actually, I think super sexy. So, like, one of my favorite classes, and, like, to plug one thing, um, there's, like, a class that's taught by Stefanos and Shay. You know, Stefanos is one of the producers at the Upper Floor, okay. uh, Um And then Shay is a, she's a teacher and she's a host here in the city. And they host this class together called, like, In Your Headspace, I think. Um, okay. But it's, like, it's like a renowned favorite among our, 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 our group because they have, um, you know, how do I communicate the yes or the no. I hear a lot from people that they don't want to like break scene because it like ruins mm. the mood or whatever. That's weird. I disagree. I agree. Yeah. yeah with you. And that, that's like when people are like, oh, having to stop to put on a condom ruins the mood. I'm like. <sighs> Make it part of the scene. Exactly. Yeah. So, so they show you things like how if you are a bottom and you are trying to like sort of ask yes or no mm-hmm. type of re- refusal or acceptance of something. And you can say something like, if it pleases you, I can take harder hits with that flogger. <laughs> or, unless it pleases you, I might like to stop for a minute. Uh-huh. And so there's things where that vocabulary, yeah. just having other people express that around you is right. very, like, teachable. Yeah. And I think you definitely need community to do that. And it, and it does require a higher level of communication skills. Oh, yeah. 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 It's just, like, all the time. Like, I, I think there's nothing sexier than when people, I ask people, like, oh, well, yes, you... You would love it if I would just to like beat your ass until it's a pulp, wouldn't you? And they're like, yes, <laughs> yes, I would. Right, right. And it's just like that deferral is really hot. Like yeah. I, the, the the whole I don't really go by a name mm-hmm. in scene. I don't like not. I used to be like Miss, mm-hmm. but I prefer just my name. Okay. So like, yes, Ava is like one of the hottest things somebody could say to me. Interesting. All the time, <laughs> and then that that can carry like if you especially with lifestyle that carries. <clears throat> yeah. Outside, as you're out well. walking around, and they can still yes, say Ava. yes, and then Ava. you get a little titillated. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 in public. It's in a safe place um, yeah. where I'm not involving strangers without their consent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it's a lot of fun. So, speaking of fun, what do you do for fun hmm. besides kink? Besides I, kink, yeah. I notice a lot of us like kink is a big part of our fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we like recreationally go to classes. Right, and exactly. Hang out. Um, I do a lot of. Uh, I do a lot of like weird creative little side projects. Like I do little hack projects all the time. So okay. I'll just like throw together silly things in like JavaScript or Node to, you know, try something interesting with with some different devices in my house or uh, <laughs> something that does 
interesting or amusing things for me. Um, I, I know this still has to do with kink, isn't it? Like I'm working right now on like a voice activated padlock. Okay. Using the Amazon Echo. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. So I could just say like, you know, computer unlock cage and. Oh, so so if you're not even home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just leave him in the cage. Yeah. I can just like lock her. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not done yet. Uh, but also I like, I do kink tangent. Yeah. I still, I do other, like I, I go to figure drawing classes. I do a lot of like painting, drawing. I make really elaborate costumes. Mm. Uh, I love sewing. Um, I usually am outdoors with my friends almost every weekend if it's not cold like it is now. So camping, all that sort of fun. Um, what about you? What's your, Uh, I like rock climbing. I like going, I love stand up comedy. So I go to a lot of comedy shows. Yeah. Uh, I'd like hanging out with comedians because they're like pretty fucked up people. <laughs> I am petrified of hanging out with comedians. I am worried. Always. You have to keep your distance. You yeah. have to remember, like they are trying to get, they're trying to you know please an audience. Yeah. Like, I I have a hard time pleasing one person. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to please a whole audience. Um, oh, and it worried me. I'm yeah. like you know I had the what was it? Um, Their confidence hinges on how well they do too. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm worried about getting used in an in a bit. You know, oh, for my purposes. It'll happen. I'm sure it'll ah. happen, yeah. And it'll be misconstrued and it'll be inaccurate. Yeah, and that's that's always like the, the one time I went out with some guy and he's like, oh, and I also do stand up comedy. I was like, check, please. Like, yeah. <laughs> good, good call. Get me out of here. <laughs> I know several stand up comedians um, personally, and I would not recommend dating any of them except for, <laughs> except for one, and he's in a long term relationship. So <laughs> See, there you go. There's yeah. like, I think then there's like a gaping hole where, where you need to like recruit somebody out of the kink community just to be like the kink comedian. Then we would get they our, would, our voice out there. They wouldn't do well. Oh, that's yeah. the thing. You have to. You have to be needy in True. order to do well at comedy. <laughs> I have. I know one guy. He's like the only reason I'm good at comedy is because I'm clinically depressed. I was like, Aww. that makes sense. That's so funny. Yeah. The, uh, that's like you know. Yeah. So you're essentially like a professional bottom almost. Yeah, but in public. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Into so yeah. Actually, somebody the other day said to that to me too. He's like, well, you know, with my career. And I don't think they did comedy, but, like, some other kind of, like, acting. And, and he's like, I don't think I can be humiliated. Hmm. And he's like, I would love humiliation, but he's just like, I don't know if it's possible for me. Like, the things Challenge I've had to accepted. wear. And so, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was like, we'll see about that. <laughs> ah. yeah. So, how many times have you been in love? I know that's Aww, a very intimate question. question. I like this question, though. I'm a very, I'm, like, one of love's biggest cheerleaders. Yeah, same. And it's, like, I, I fall in love very often. I'm very, uh, I'm a person who very easily becomes attached to people. Um, and if, kinks, you, mm-hmm. if you communicate well, you, you have similar kinks, it's easy to just really, yeah. you know, you're so, on the same page. And, uh, you know, especially because the, the intimacy of, of, of kink activity, um, you're asking people, like, I'm really into interrogation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, basically, I don't even always have to tie people down, but it's, it's the kind of thing where I will through pleasure, pain, combination of the above, elucidate, you know, like get them to talk to me about things they maybe haven't told anybody. Yeah. Like, you know, first time experiences, things they're ashamed of, like stuff they like. And Therapeutic. Yeah, it's, it's super, <laughs> it's like, it's like motivated talk therapy with like Pavlovian right. elements to it. Um, you know, and as a result, like that, that intimacy of sharing is, is you discover that, um, you know, people discover they can feel safe with you in other ways. And that they'll open up and become emotionally available, I think, more frequently with me. So as a result, I do fall in love quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, I've always become this kind of person where 
like the older you get, especially if you're single and you go through like large breakups in your life, there's some people have the urge to close up. Yeah. And become like less. I think available. that's pretty normal. And then I try I try instead to just like have the courage to keep looking outward. So um, yeah. So it's it's active work for sure, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? But uh yeah. Would you say that you're um <laughs> you're a masochist in that way. I am. Same. Oh man. Uh, it's like, and I write a lot on this. Um, uh-huh. and I always joke around that like the biggest way to do it, people are like, well, how, how do you write, you write memoir, you know, you don't write erotica. Right. So everything I write, is true. And a lot of it's serious and some of it's really sad. Some right. of it's like, you know, sad boner material. <laughs> um, like what is somebody said to me, they're like, they're like, that's the hottest thing I ever cried. To. <laughs> and, um, you know that like the, the what a compliment yeah I know right like, so the um the most effective way to write memoir I, I joke that it's to punch yourself in the face emotionally until pretty things come out <laughs> and uh but it's 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 a good exercise I think like without writing it would be very hard to endure the pain of letting people in and yeah. possibly having them walk away yeah. if you had nowhere to put that yeah and you can't be like people who you know you can't just drive somebody around in a truck come in your pants and then kick them out and right then, you exactly. know deal with it that way you have to have a robust um core to yourself you have to have a way to deal with trauma already in order to be able to yeah. kind of sustain those and keep moving on exactly yeah. exactly I, th- I think the people who can't uh, who become jaded who can't do love anymore are the ones who who don't really face those and who, who don't have a way to like work through that trauma exactly they internalize a lot of other people's mistakes yep. you know which is just like yeah. we all do it's it's a constant process to yeah. have to not but you have to unlearn that exactly yeah. so like i you know, part of the things when people still go to therapy for, myself included, is to understand that um, you are not responsible for other people's mental health. You yep. are not responsible for other people's acceptance of you or not. You are not no. responsible for their happiness in a lot of ways. Right. We're going to get back to this massive point uh, in just a second, but I really wanted to highlight and bring to life how important this concept is. So many of us, whether we're vanilla or kinky, tend to find ourselves blaming ourselves for other people's problems and it's important to delineate between your shit and my shit and um yeah i'm really glad that ava brought that up let's get back to it um and that you know you have to stop punishing yourself i tend i used to be a like you know i guess as a dominant i'd be very good at self-flagellation too um (laughs) but i used to be very bad at punishing myself emotionally Mm. for for like letting people in um but the older i get the easier it gets to just zoom out and say that like you know one thing that is factually true is that i will fall in love again yep so (laughs) it's like i have many data points to to point to the fact that that will (laughs) that will happen again um and it'll be just as intense if not more yeah uh, because you learn more about yourself and what you can and can't do um you know every time too you know you fall in love and i think that the big thing for for dominant women especially is there's this, um, there's a fear of non-acceptance mm-hmm. and that you feel like if you find somebody who like accepts you the way you are, that must be so rare. You have to cling to it. Yeah. It, it, it'll, it's, if, if you let it go, you may never have it again. You're never going to meet somebody like yeah. that ever again. It is mathematically, factually <laughs> untrue. You have to tell yourself it in that yeah. way too. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it is just like, it is just like yeah. patently untrue. Um, right. there are, I don't want to, it's not to to devalue submissive men and say there's more where that came from but there's more of everybody and and i think like the the thing that you have to do is to stop like punishing yourself and because because when you accept that when you say that like no i won't find it again you somehow are are convincing yourself too that like 
you're broken. Yeah. You're, or like you don't deserve it. Yeah you're, yeah, you're deviant in such a way that you have to find somebody willing to deal with somebody who's broken. Like one of the biggest lessons I had to learn this last year is that acceptance of me is not good enough. Right. That I have to find somebody who is specifically enthusiastic about what I am. Yeah. And not that hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Once yeah. you like loosen up a little bit, it's not yeah. that hard. So. And almost by holding that higher standard, you end up attracting more people yeah. close to that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's the thing where we're... When you put out there that you're you're happy and you have certain boundaries um, that are healthy ones, that people are attracted to healthy people. Yep. Yeah, like healthy yeah. people find healthy people, and and um, you you also then will drive away people who push a lot of your boundaries in a bad way. Yeah. So you know, like people have always said to me, they're like, "Oh well, you must be just like swimming in men who must want to like you know all." have you sit on their face or like whatever. And I'm like, yeah, sure. But very few that want to be in a relationship yeah. and you have to be able to parse between them and have yeah. enough confidence to say that like, I want to be in a relationship. Right. And you know, if you're like me, I also want to like get married and have children yeah. and especially over age 30. I don't think that should be like a weird, scary thing for people to have to own up to anymore. Like there used to be a heavy stigma. I remember even amongst my vanilla friends. For women to say, like, someday I want to be married. That's that's viewed as sort of, like, I don't know, if it's, like, desperate hmm. or, like, selfish or that, like, you're just going after some goal of, like, getting a ring on your finger. Hmm. But I think once you get to a certain age, especially, it's, like, I say it because if that's not for you, yeah. I want you to be happy. Like, Absolutely, yeah. I'm not going to waste your time either. These are the things that I want. Does that yeah. fit with what you want? Yeah, because yeah. if like, you're not on the same page and then it's been like you know a couple of months and like, you know, set each other off on your, your happier path. Yep, so. yep. If, even if everything else matches, if that big fundamental thing doesn't match, yeah. let's not keep going forward, right? Exactly. And that's that's why I don't date men who aren't submissive either because that's going to be a problem. <clears throat> right. I mean, it's, it's like you, you, people can say... Um, and I'm sure you hear this a lot in the poly community, they're like, oh, well then just, you know, open up your relationship and, you know, as if you can seek out roles and not humans, you right, know, like exactly. that they're, they're, I don't yeah. think you should see different people who fulfill different needs. It's, we all have to learn to compromise on each other's needs. And that means like power exchange, you give and you take, mm -hmm. and that we work very hard to give each to our partners, like what they need from us. Not just like outsourced to another <laughs> unwitting person, which um, that's that's kind of like I, I feel always like a, a bit of a bummer that I don't really date in the poly community because unfortunately there are many people who like don't who themselves don't like practice what they preach and you know I get a lot of especially like married men mm. who will seek me out because they're like oh you know I'm poly and this is like a thing that's not I'm not getting in my current relationship mm. that I want to try um, or like get from you and. And I would say to them, I'm like, well, have you talked to them about it? <laughs> That's a good place to start. Do you want me to <clears throat> teach your wife how to paddle your buns? Right. <laughs> I, I, I've done that before. I've, I've happily taught couples how to engage in that in their, um, in their relationship. And I think that that's super rewarding. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and it's most of the time they'll go, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, well, compartmentalization is not my bag. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah. You're kind of a whole package kind of. I am. <laughs> I am. I think you can't. You can't really get to this place and say like I am a lifestyle dom, and need to be somebody who like lives it as a double life. Who has mm. the fucking time? Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I just like I don't have. I just don't have the ability to to keep every like separation of church and state completely completely <laughs> apart. Um. Here's a here's another random question. Mm -hmm. 
uh, also very personal. What's your relationship like with your parents? I have a good relationship with my parents. Both of them? Yeah, I love my parents. I'm actually, um, so I'm super lucky that, you know, my, I have my mom, my stepdad. My stepdad's been my dad since I was like a baby. Okay, so he's So it's just my dad. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think they always had this attitude that they may not understand everything I do. And that means even professionally, I don't think they like, if you ask them kind of like, what do you do for, what does your daughter do for a living? I don't think they'd have a complete answer. <laughs> That's half the tech industry. Something with yeah. math. Yeah. Something, something software. tech. Yeah. Something tech related. Um, but she, my parents love me very much and they've always like, just kind of said like, you know, you best. Right. And, and they just let me go off and do all kinds of like big, crazy things. Um, they see me like travel and date and like have big breakups that they maybe didn't always agree with, but mm. they didn't ever put it on me. Um, like I actually ended an engagement, which is very like wow. traumatic for your yeah. family. Um, even maybe cause they're all invested you. in that person. Yeah. yeah. And that like, you know, it's the, the outcome I think more than anything else. Like my parents are, I think they just worried mm. that I wouldn't find happiness or that I was okay. In a way, like, you know, they, they thought they were really glad that I had met somebody who seemed quote unquote to tolerate mm. me, um, not but knowing not at all. For no, yeah. and I don't want tolerance. And it's very hard to explain that to your parents. Yeah. Like, um, but they, they've always kind of stuck by me and you know, I did not grow up in a very like, it wasn't sex negative household. I wasn't mm. forbidden. Nobody told me I was going to hell for I having was. sex. Oh, I was told that explicitly. No. I was told I was going to hell for masturbation. Ah. Yeah. I just had parents that were like a little bit uptight about these things. So oh. they just didn't want to talk about it. And so I had to kind of... Like, I was publicly yeah. shamed no. for having sex. Oh my God, no. Yeah. How old were you? Uh, 16. No. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, oh. yeah. On more than one occasion. Oh. Um, shamed in front of uh, my brother and my mom by my dad. Oh my At like goodness. 12 for masturbation. That was oh, hardcore. I'm so sorry. That's, and that's so, here's the real irony then, right? It's because, like, I didn't grow up with that influence. Mm. It always surprises people when I tell them, like, how late I lost my virginity. I was, like, I was, like, in my 20s. Okay. And I just, like, didn't, because I didn't care. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. I didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, but, but would you say that that's when you lost your virginity? You're talking about penetrative virginity. Penetrative vaginal sex. Like, the first that's time, from, I, yeah. I, I think it's because the definitions are different. I'd say that thing at 11... Yeah. That was pretty... Sexual. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So, like, yes, yeah, so I did sexual activities, um, but right. that's, as a result, like, again, it was, like, a risk management thing, where it's just, like, I don't feel the desire or need to expose myself to risk in this way. Mm -hmm. I can just make boys eat my pussy instead. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite time ever, I used to have friends in college that would go to a lot of frat parties, because, you know, in your dorm, you're friends with whoever is, is nearby. Right. Um... And they would they would take me to frat parties, and there's that whole culture of, of that that same that non consensual space culture mm -hmm. where you know people are just kind of grabbing onto you. And then like this one guy comes up to me, must have been like like a senior or somebody, and he goes like, "Oh, so like you want to just go up to my room and have sex?" And I said, "No, but if you're good, you'll I'll let you eat me out." <laughs> and he like thought for a minute and was like, "Okay." <laughs> You've probably never heard that before. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's just like so. I tell people, I'm like, pull that out. Yeah. Just take it out of your back pocket. If you're good, maybe I'll let you. Eat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's very motivating. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I, that's why I do like to frame my kink, uh, especially in the way that I, I dynamic how I interact with people. Mm -hmm. It's about being good. 
So like <laughs> they they be good. They listen to me. They're right. um, and I think it's, it's it's a good sign of reinforcement too. It's because, Positive reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, like people like to hear that they're yeah. good and that they get rewards and that yeah. they've performed well. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. so punishment and discipline are are fun too. Um, but I think people will tend to find that like with me, even if I'm like punishing you. I don't actually, like, I don't hate you. Yeah. I'm actually, like, toying with you a yeah, little bit. Exactly. Just being mean, like, yeah. a, a little bratty, but right. I don't like bratty subs as a result. I'm That's like, what I was about to ask mm-hmm. you. You don't date bratty mm-hmm. subs. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, no, gotcha. no, 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 no. I have to be not. very obedient. Yes. Gotcha. I, like, do our mats. I want them on the floor, licking <laughs> my feet, doing everything yeah. I say with no questions asked. It's, um... See, I like bratty subs. I like a little fight back. <laughs> <laughs> just don't have the time um no it's like that's why i like things like heavy bondage and Mm -hmm. mummification i love like humiliation degradation Mm -hmm. all that stuff because it's and some of that is super taboo Mm -hmm. like people the level of control that i enjoy i think even sometimes in the kink community people are a little they they shrivel up a little bit when they Mm -hmm. hear about it um it's not for everybody it really isn't and some people don't like to be called names or like Mm -hmm. told they're like worth like so difference between humiliation and degradation i think is very important humiliation is to take a person who and put them in embarrassing or uncomfortable situation to elicit like an embarrassment reaction um it might mean that uh i put your feet in a spreader bar and then i have you bend over and grab your ankles and your ass is just exposed to me Mm. maybe to an audience um, that's very humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I might make you like, you know, get down on all fours and like eat out of a dog bowl. And, mm. and to, for some people that's humiliating. Um, be, being forcibly stripped in front of other people is like, like public stuff is, is very humiliation oriented. Degradation. And, like those things are, are humiliating acts. They do not remark upon the value of the person to right. whom it is happening. Right. Um, degradation is when people really like to be told that they're like, a disgusting, worthless slug. Right, right. They want to specifically feel devalued. Um, and I think many people shy away from the second, even in kink. They mm-hmm. they are very uncomfortable with it. Uh, yeah. and, and they forget a little bit that it's the same kind of consent. Yes. This person has said, I enjoyed this. It, if it pleases you. Yeah. Tell me I'm a disgusting <laughs> pig. And, you know, and but then that, kick me. And, right. Yeah, you know, like, like you know, rub dirt in my face or, or make me sleep outside or like whatever it is. That's so intimate and that's so yeah. intense. Yeah. And I think so many people do it wrong. Yeah. I think that's why I shy away from it. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people who absolutely do cross the line into abuse far too frequently. Mm. I am unfortunately super aware of people who, who, um, they don't emphasize to the people who they are their submissives that the, the opt out counts anytime. Mm. You know, or they, yep. they use other pressures outside, um, you know, other like domestic violence controlling behaviors mm-hmm. to, to shame the person or make them feel too upset or embarrassed to, um, say no in scene. Mm. And that's, uh, that's something I try very, very hard is to make people feel safe knowing that like, you are not going to offend me. Yeah. You're not going to disappoint me. Right. I don't like have this whole like performance standard. The whole point is that. I am looking for that, like, rush of when I see that I've elicited that reaction in you. Yeah, yeah. So it's a game of five thing where, yeah. like, I can see when you get that little, like, burst of dopamine, yeah. that's... That's what you play off of. Yes, yeah, yes. Exactly. It's super fun. It's like hitting the right um, thing in the pinball machine and it goes, <laughs> knocks that exact little thing. It gets you the 10,000 points. So but Like um, that for sex, yeah. Yeah, super fun <laughs> as a result. Um, but yeah, like I, I do, as a result, don't shy away from, I think, even things that people consider like taboo kink. 
What a great place to stop. Now remember, this is the second part of a three-part series with Ava, so we have more interview coming up in the next episode. Just to titillate you a little bit, we also have an interview with one of her exes, uh, and that is incredibly fascinating. So if you're curious, uh, interested in hearing more, definitely look out for the next episodes, because we are going to dive deep. What do you think of this episode? Shoot me an email, tabutabupodcast at gmail.com. Give us a like on whatever platform you're listening to this on. That really helps us uh, be able to expand what we're doing, uh, do new stuff, pull in sponsors in the future, things like that. So if you really like this show, if you want to support us, definitely give us a like. Give, give us some feedback, tabutabupodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and we have brand new social media accounts. So Taboo Taboo Pod uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us. Check it out. We're going to be posting stuff there. Uh, That's a great way to get in touch with us as well. The next episode of this series will be coming out shortly, so keep an eye out for that. That's going to be super fun. In the meantime, play safe, have fun, and we'll catch up with you next time. Goodbye.